Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here back on another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and I am excited. I think I'm always excited, but I'm especially excited today, and I'll tell you why. Because we are working today and interviewing Adrian Swinsko, who is from the U.K. You're going to love his accent, although he'll say we have the accent or I have the accent. He doesn't, but that's just because he's over there and I'm over here. And uh, if he came here, he would have an accent. I guess that's the best way of saying it. But, hey, here's the deal with Adrian. When I looked at what we're going to talk about today, I got especially excited for this simple fact. I said, wow, it's like I'm interviewing myself. Adrian is a customer experience consultant and advisor, and he's been working with customer-focused organizations, both large and small, for almost 20 years. And he's worked with, uh, actually, you know, previously worked with companies like Shell, uh, the FT Group, the Economist Group, and now he's advising large companies on how they can create an amazing business, uh, an amazing customer service and experience uh, for their customers. So, um Gosh, what do we do? Let's just start right in. Adrian, welcome to the show, and uh, give us a little background on yourself. Well, first of all, just want to say, Chef, um, thank you very much for inviting me on the show. Uh, just say, it's well, this is Amazing Business Radio, and, well, you're amazing. You're Mr. Amazing yourself. So um, well, just want to say you. that first straight off the bat. Um, as for me, uh, you know, I have quite a diverse past. I'm uh, an economist by training. I'm also a teacher by training. I've done both of those things. I've also worked in business, uh, you know, sort of consulting and innovation and that sort of stuff. But for the last, since 2004, been working independently, basically helping, you know, companies large and small grow their, their business. But, you know, since about 2008, 2009, you know, the thing that I really wanted to do, whilst I've always had an interest in service, um, I really wanted to, to really explore in great depth in terms of what it takes to deliver, you know, you know, consistently good and amazing, wide sort of experience. And so I started writing about it and then interviewing people. I've interviewed yourself. And the book is that is coming out very, very shortly is a product of that. And, you know, it's there to you know, get some of the ideas that I share with my clients out on paper so that everybody can use them. I love it. And the new book is called How to Wow. And the subtitle is 68 Effortless Ways to Make Every Customer Experience, my favorite word, amazing. And so, uh, and I'm, so we've got a lot to talk about. You know, my whole, by the way, are you stealing my word amazing? No, no, sure. I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding you. No, but I think you know the discussion that that we'll have today. Uh, I want to I want to get your feeling on what wow really is, and uh, you know I have a whole concept of amazing that may or may not be congruent with yours, but that's all right because it's still in the idea that we want to create this outstanding experience for our customers. And then the word effortless really intrigues me. Um, yeah, yeah, effortless is great. You know, I always talk about, hey, here's six simple steps, but simple doesn't mean easy. But if I use the word effortless, that's a pretty big word. That's that's a uh, I have a big expectation. Right. I mean, I think that the it, so let me kind of like just explain a little bit about the go back a little bit and explain what I mean by the wow, how to wow. And I think 
What's interesting is that when we talk about wow customer service or wow customer experience, a lot of people think that it's the the little bit extra that we do. So like if you're in a hotel, it's the little chocolate that you might get on your pillow or the welcome gift or flowers or something like that. Now, I think that's all very well good and those things can create the, the, the wow. But I think that what people tend to do is they can tend to get drawn into that but forget some of the, what uh, some colleagues of mine call brilliant basics and mm. I think that's a, a thing where it's, it's a great place to start to actually kind of ask ourselves you know are we brilliant at the basics because if you're brilliant at the basics uh, it gives you a fantastic platform where you get the um, the opportunity to create that extra wire so almost the other way of thinking about it Jeff is that brilliant basics is almost like wow in small letters but then the, the the little extras that you add on top, that's wow in capital letters. I get it. I get it. And, you know, here's the other thing about the – you use a hotel example about the chocolate on the pillow or something like that. So years and years ago, the first hotel to ever put a chocolate on top of a pillow was uh-huh. considered really revolutionary. I mean, that was, oh, my gosh, there's chocolate on my pillow. I've never had that before. <laughs> and and you know what happened within a matter of, like, days? Other hotels started putting chocolate on top of their pillows as soon as they found out that the hotel across the street was doing that. So then, yeah. the, then the hotel says, well, we got to do something else. Let's, let's buy everybody a newspaper and put it at their doorstep um, and make yeah. a deal with, you know, the local paper. And guess what happened across the street? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then, okay, let's make fluffier towels, okay? And then the hotel – so basically what happens, and I call it the amenity war. Yeah. And and so let me ask you this question. This is what I'm getting at. So, you know, really, how do you differentiate yourself? You know, you want to create this level of service. There are things within the system, the chocolates on the pillow, and that's a metaphor for anything that's, you know, maybe a little unexpected and it's just a nice touch. Uh, but, yeah. but at the end of the day, isn't it really people doing business with the people? It's sometimes more than the system because other companies many times can copy the system. Sure. And so, yeah, okay. So let's kind of, I mean, I completely agree. And so here's an example, a hotel example, which I think it will illustrate somebody doing something which is all about people. You can use technology to help this, but it's all about understanding your, your customers and understanding what works and what's best for them. So I went to a hotel once, went there, um, it was for a friend's wedding. And what ended up happening is that I arrived at the hotel and the porter, I got out of the cab and Porter then said, welcome to the hotel, blah, blah, uh, my name's Edward or whatever, can I ask your name? And I said, my name's Adrian Swinscoe. And then they said, well, Mr. Swinscoe, can we take your bags and we'll have them posted up to your room? And I, they said, I said, okay, fine. He said, go up the stairs, turn right, go down to the end of the corridor and somebody will meet you at the desk. Now, here's the interesting thing. I did that. But as I was approaching the desk, I was greeted by somebody at the desk and they said, they had already had a form printed out, and they said, uh, hi, Mr. Swinscoe, here's your key. Please just sign here, and then we'll, we'll have you up to your room. And the interesting thing about that is that's the, the, and the diff- why that's different from the chocolate on the pillows. The chocolate on the pillows is a nice to have, and it's not something that we necessarily need or necessarily kind of want, but it's a nice to have. But what people would recognize in that hotel is that the waiting experience and also the, the filling out the form experience is not something that they really want to do at the end of a, of a travel leg of a journey, as it were. 
So what they've done is they've taken the bit that's been quite hard and not really wanted out of the system, and that's about people collaborating and, 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 and delivering that level of service, which I think is, falls into that brilliant basics that just creates that wow and just go, that happened to me, ooh, crumbs, nearly 10 years ago, but I still talk about it now. Right, and I love that example. So what what the hotel did is they created a system, and I love the system, and any hotel that wants to do this could probably create a similar system. And I think back of all the lines that I've waited in, uh, and I won't name the hotels. There's one hotel in particular that every time one of my clients says, hey, we're having our meeting at this hotel, uh, we love the venue, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I've got to speak at this hotel. I better plan an extra half an hour just to register and check into the hotel because they do such sure. a poor job of managing the wait. And yeah. uh, but what I think you you said, and, and this is and this is really important. It's not just the system. The system was designed with the customer in mind. Boy, that rhymes. Yeah. Boy, we should tweet that out. The system is designed <laughs> with the customer in mind. But here is what they have in mind for the customer. Eliminate the weight. Why is that important? Because the customer, one of their most valuable assets is time. And when it's gone, it's gone forever. And so if we can give that customer an extra two, three, five minutes, eliminate a little friction, if you will. And I don't know if you call, you know, waiting in line is a little bit of a friction uh, point. Uh, But getting somebody to the registration desk quickly, uh, handing them the keys, making it as simple as possible. Wow. So you've done it. And I just used that word. Wow. And I did it on purpose. So great example. Now, let's talk about the person. The, or the people, yeah, sure. the bellman, the person at the front desk, they, yeah. uh, I guess, are an accent to not accent, not as in the accent that we're talking about, the British accent and American English accent. No, it's an mm-hmm. accent. It's a, a compliment, if you will, to the system, because it, as good yeah. as the system is, if that bellman didn't handle himself or herself properly, what would have happened? Mm-hmm. It would have destroyed the system, regardless of how good it is. Exactly. Exactly. It's a bit like having a piece of technology that you think, oh, yeah, that's designed to replace kind of people, but it doesn't give you that the welcome or the empathy or anything else. And, and actually, no more to the point, it's going to require the customer to have to do something, where actually what you're doing with, this, with the, the, the person that's in sync, the bellman in, that's in sync with the system, is you're taking all the effort away from the customer. So it's to their benefit. Right. So that in itself is a huge lesson and it's a great way to start our show today everybody you are listening to amazing business radio we're talking with adrian swinsco who is a customer service and experience expert we're going to take a really short break we'll be right back don't go away chef hygen here how would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it day or night well with shepherd virtual training you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24 7 365 days a year just go to www.shepondemand.com once again that's shepondemand.com and remember always be amazing you're listening to amazing business radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert shep hyken Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Adrian Swinsco about his new book, How to Wow, 68 Effortless Ways to Make Every Customer Experience 
amazing. Adrian, we've talked a little bit about WOW. We've talked about the concept of the system being supported by the people. We gave everybody a great lesson on frictionless customer service and how important it is that the people support that, uh, the importance of giving the customers time to them. If we can save them time, that is such a precious, uh, I hate to use the word commodity, but that's, that's sometimes what it's referred to. Let's talk about this book, and I think the listeners would be interested in knowing about how it's set up and the structure of the book. Okay. Um, so, so here's the thing. So I, I mean, as you know, I do a lot of uh, writing on my blog and my Forbes column, and uh, I've all, I also do a lot of interviews of different sort of people, whether they're authors like yourself, whether they are entrepreneurs or uh, executives in the CX service uh, space. And given that, I, 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 I I like to do that because one, it's I get to learn from all those different uh, people, but also just kind of share some ideas. And I've been doing that for a number of years now. And what we ended up doing was saying, well, actually, can we pull all that together and combine what I know and then case studies from other people and organizing it in a way that it becomes, if you like, a book becomes like a toolbox. So it's not like a one size fits all. Uh, it's not a, here's a recipe and how to make your CX cake. But it's more of it like, you know, imagine you go to the cinema. Like in the, in the UK, we have a, in the cinema, we have this, these, what we call a pick and mix bar where you get bag, an empty bag and you pick your sweets depending on what you want. So it's a bit like that. So the 68 things are a whole set of different sort of insights and strategies that you can follow, but they're organized in a, in, in a, in a, a framework. Um, so one, there's eight parts to the book. The one framework is it's almost the customer perspective. So it thinks about how do you attract, engage, serve, retain, and refer, uh, get your customers to refer you. So those are the five bits. And then there's an internal dynamic, which which says um, communicate, motivate, lead. Because it's based on this idea that actually you can – it takes everybody being involved in the organization – um, to deliver a great piece of service or a great, um, a great experience. And so what we've done in 68 are organized around, um, those, those eight different areas. Right. And so there's something, for, there's something for everybody there, depending on what your problem or your, your challenge might be at, that, at whatever point in time. Right. So you said something really, really important. And I, I actually have a, a phrase to summarize that, that customer service is not a department. It's a philosophy, and that Indeed. means it's everybody's job, and it doesn't matter if you're on the front line or not. You're part of an organization that's creating an experience for that customer, and you have something to do with that experience, your department. I don't care how deeply uh, hidden from the front line you are. You are somehow impacting that company, and the result is an experience the customer has. And if you don't uh, think you do and you can't figure out what it is, there's a pretty good chance that you won't have a job long term if you can't figure that out. Because uh, otherwise, all you are is a drain on on the company. So I know that's pretty crass, but, but that's the truth. So that's great. These eight parts. I love the idea of refer. That's the best marketing today. Give the customer a great experience, and they want to go out and refer you. Sure, sure. I, you know what? It's, it, I think it's interesting in that I, I think we're sort of, I mean, I was talking to somebody earlier on today, and we were talking about how I think we're in a transitional, if you like, period. We're moving from you know, the, 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 the time where our mom and dad kind of grew up and, and they they dominated sort of business and the, the business was you know we can companies expected trust they expected to be trusted. it got to the point where actually 
companies actually have to earn trust, but there's still a whole bunch of companies that still have to get their head around that and what it takes to deliver, deliver that. And so what I think the, the interesting thing, so I think there's a huge amount of work and opportunity that can be done for one, what companies can do to make their service better, what they can do to make their experience better, and what they can, and how that feeds into the level of advocacy and referrals that, that companies can get. So I think it's a huge opportunity uh, for firms and we've got a long way to go, um, but it's 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 a it's a growth area. I think we we haven't really touched the size, and it doesn't get as much attention as it deserves. Right. So I think that's it's a huge part of it. So you use the word trust, and trust is huge. There's an old yeah. saying, and it goes something like this: People want to be around people or do business with people that they know, like, and. Yeah. Trust, yeah. right? And that trust part is huge. I think knowing and liking is easy, but trust is all about creating confidence. Confidence comes from the experience that the customer has. And if it's a good experience, and here's the important thing, one time doesn't create confidence, right? They have to come yeah. back and experience it yeah. again and again. And at a certain point in time, the experience is predictable. And yeah. once it's predictable, you probably have earned that trust. And you know, so right today, I think that the marketing and advertising as we shift into uh, today's way of doing business is is so much give a great experience so people will talk about us because we got the coolest, slickest ads on television and then some customer goes on a review site and just completely pans us and mm-hmm. then uh, followed by that are a number of other customers that say, yeah, the same thing happened to me and I don't care how sharp your advertising is, it's over. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think this is, what's an interesting thing is that there's two. That there, I see too many people that are trying to focus on the referrals, and that it, what ends up happening is that, that they're focusing on the wrong thing. They should focus on the service and the experience, and make it so good that that that, that they want people will want to talk about them. And mm-hmm. um, however, it doesn't hurt once you've delivered that. Uh, because some people don't necessarily think in those terms to nudge people and ask and, and do all those sort of things. But first of all, it's the priority is that you've got to get your service and experience right before you can ask. But then just because um, when people get it back to front, they almost going to start asking for referrals before they've actually got their service and experience right. Right, and you so have to prove it. Yeah, yeah, it's back to front. I mean, trust is not about what you say, it's about what you do, right? Right, right. So there, there you go. Another tweetable line. <laughs> I love Brilliant. It. So let's always, talk about I'm, I'm, some of the concepts in the book. I want to make sure okay. that our audience hears about some of this great information. So uh, there's a, a insight number seven. Let's look there. The customer behavior is changing. Check your assumptions. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What does that mean? Well, so first of all, let me kind of uh, let, let me outline how these different sixty-eight so um, insights strategies can work in 68 different ways. The way it's structured to make it more as useful as possible for, uh, for people reading the book is one is that so we, we start off each section is here's an insight or an idea that we think might be of use to you or might be relevant. Then there's a section which follows that which says insight and action which is supported by some either some data or some research or a case study to show what we mean in reality. And then that's followed by and if this applies to you, here's a how to use it section. So that, that just gives you a bit of a, a potted version of, of, of the, if you like, the structure of the book at the, the insight level. Right. But on the kind of on the check your assumptions, um, well, the customer behaviour is changing. Check your assumptions. The idea is that you know 
things are moving so fast, we can, there is a danger that we make assumptions about what customers are actually doing. Now, for example, you know, in the, in the UK, um, with the, there is, if we were to say, if I was to say, ask you which age group has the fastest growing incidence of drug and alcohol abuse, and traditionally you would say, oh, it's probably teenagers or people in their 20s and so on and so forth. But in actual fact, the research shows that the, that the age group that has got that, that fastest growing incidence of, of drug and alcohol abuse is actually people in the 55 to 65 age group. And you think, really? What? Why is that happening? Because they've had enough of us young people. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, well, those are the guys that have got, you know, maybe their marriage is breaking down or they're trying to recover, rediscover right. their youth or they're retiring or whatever, and they're just living it up. Regardless of that, that this stuff is happening. And so that's just one example. And I think what it tells us is that actually we need to be careful that we don't use traditional assumptions to, um, to, to build our future business models on. And there's a great saying, which is in the book, from comes from Alan Alda, you know, the guy out of Match. Right. I love Alan Alda. Great actor. Yeah. So he was giving a speech at his daughter's uh, college at a, com- a commencement address or something, and he got this fantastic quote. And it says, um, your assumptions are your windows on the world. Scrub them off every once in a while, or the light won't come in. And I think that's amazing i mean it's just such an insightful thing to say and and i think it's important to think about that the assumptions that we make in the service and the experience that we design who's it who's it for and will it work and is it based on traditional assumptions that still hold or are things kind of moving like for example people make a lot of assumptions about what millennials do but there's like other so for example there's research that shows that some people make the assumption rather that Millennials want to do everything digitally based and want to do everything self-service and on, you know, online. Um, but there was some research that, that showed uh, what they would do in insurance. And they said, well, actually, we want to do the research online and get all the information um, that we need. But when it comes to choosing a policy, they want to speak to somebody because it's important and it's serious and it matters. And that blows a whole bunch of assumptions out of the water about what we think millennials want to do. And so I think that's a really interesting and useful example of, of it shows you how assumptions that we make um, may actually not help us in, in terms of delivering the right service or the right experience that our customers might want. So no assumptions, in other words, no biases, no stereotypes, because you make the mistake. And I think, that, you know, when it comes to things like insurance and other financial areas yeah. uh, and medical, uh, I think there is... The level of self-service is really on the research side, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it's a millennial, a boomer, or any type of generational customer. There's a pretty good chance that in those areas, they're going to want to eventually interact with a person who they know, like, and very important, as you talked about before, trust so that they can get good insight and feel comfortable about their decision. We're going to take a real short break. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, a few more uh, or share a few more of the examples, Adrian. I hope you do. And uh, get us excited about the book, which actually is coming out right about now. You can get it on Amazon or you can 
can at least pre-order it on Amazon. If you're in the UK, uh, UK Amazon, anywhere in the world, you can get the book because if you don't get the physical book, you can get the Kindle ebook version. This is a great book. Uh, I would put it up there with a must read. If you are involved in customers in any way, this is a book that you want to get. My name's Shep Hyken. We're talking with Adrian Swinsco. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Doesn't everyone love Disney? I know I do. And I also love a great book. And Lessons from the Mouse by Dennis Snow is an excellent book. Dennis shares 10 practical principles from Disney and entertains as he educates. So check out Dennis Snow's book on Amazon.com. Once again, it's titled Lessons from the Mouse, a guide for applying Disney World's secrets of success to your organization, your career, and your life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here, back on Amazing Business Radio, talking with Adrian Swinsco, customer service uh, guru. Let's call you a guru. Can we do that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that you, if you want to call me that, that's fine, Shep. But, I mean, I, I, I like to think I'm just a uh, – I like to poke and nudge and consider different angles. Well, I know this. That. You and I talk. Uh, we kind of are we, – we, I just thoroughly enjoy talking to you about – what we are so passionate about and what has become, you know, our avocation and it is our vocation at the same time. So, mm-hmm. hey, this book is great, and I want to make sure that the listeners have a chance to hear some more of the great tools and tips you have in there. But the word effortless, I love that word effortless. That intrigues me. Are yeah. these tools really effortless? Well, actually, no, they're not. And, 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 and I'll tell you what, so I, I'm a little bit of a fanboy on, um, of this, this chat. So there's, an, there's a fantastic author um, by the name of Seth Godin. I'm sure members of your yep. audience will have heard Seth of Seth. Seth Godin is, he is was, a, Now, he's a guru. Oh, no, yeah. He's, he, I am a, I'm a proper fan of it. I really am. And he was graceful enough to – very gracious. In, he endorsed my book. But he called out. The, the book and he said these things aren't effortless they are effortful but you're he said that your customers are just waiting for you to make the effort to make the difference and to help you stand out and i just thought that was that was a tremendous thing to say but it, it sort of describes it i mean yes it's they, they they're they're quite simple in in, in the way they're doing but actually and they're quite straightforward in many ways to implement but here's the thing they require efforts and we as we all know, we, you know, one of the hardest things in organizations is to change behavior and to change the way that you do things. So that's where the really um, the effort comes into. So yes, they are effortless and they're quite straightforward in many ways, in many respects. But they do take effort and they do require determination and commitment to make that difference. And and let's flip it around. What we're really trying to do is create an effortless experience for our customers. I mean, you that was yep. one of your first examples as you talked about, you know, you getting out of the car in front of the hotel. Yep. They created an effortless experience. So love it. All right. We've got just a few minutes here. Let's let's talk about two, three, four of these tips. Okay. You start. Which one do you want to go with first? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, well, let's kind of take the effortless uh, thing. So there's a there's tip number 25, which um, relate, very much related to that. It, it talks about removing the grit from your service or your customer experience. And I think that's it's an interesting way of, of, um, of describing it. So it's thinking about, you know, when you 
you, you take a walk and you notice there's a piece of grit in your shoe, and you don't have time to stop and fish, fish it out. But what's interesting is it's, it's the only thing that you remember about your journey or your little walk is the grit in your shoe. And I think that's the same thing is true for service and, and experience. So let me give you an example of how this works in practice. So there was a, there's a company called Router, which is a public transport authority in Oslo. Now, you can imagine what they traveling on the bus or uh, in, in Oslo might be like, particularly in the autumn or the winter, so it's cold outside. Right. So people queue up at the bus stop and they wait for the bus. Now, you know, one of the things that they figured out, the CEO came out and said, it's a new, new, new strategy, said, we are going to stop annoying you. And one of the things they looked into all of this, they did a whole bunch of research, and one of the things that they figured out is there was a policy which says if a bus was early to the to a, to a stop, they would they would stop and wait um, until they were it was time to depart, but they wouldn't let customers onto the bus before it was time to depart. Now, what the, the implication of that is that you're making your customers wait out in the cold and the wet. Now. That's just designed to annoy people. So what they ended up doing was saying, right, fine, we understand the conditions outside and it's not, they're not great, so we're going to let you wait in the bus. Tiny, tiny little things that looked at it from a customer's perspective, not necessarily from, as we go back, looking back to before, the policy and systems perspective. So it's, the system is designed with the customer in mind. There's a, tweet, there's a tweetable quote again. And... Mm-hmm. Um, so doing those little things, finding those little things that that, that, that annoy customers is and removing them from your from your system can be a great way to build engagement, build satisfaction, and improve the overall experience. But here's the thing, Chef. The, the, the way that you find out where some of these things are, you can look around and you can ask your people and everything else. But if you go out and you ask your your, your customers, there's a great question that you can ask people rather than saying, what could we be, be better at? How about going asking your customers, what have we ever done, however small or however slight, that annoys or irritates you? Ooh, like just, to see what they, just to see what they say. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you a huge number of things. And there's your, there's your action list right there. Wow. I love it. So that may be the biggest takeaway. Repeat the question again. What do we do, however so slight? Yeah. So ask a question. The, the question is: the question is, is there anything that we do, however slight, that annoys you or has annoyed you in the past? Mm. I love it. I love it. You know, we're so focused on, uh, hey, on a scale of one to ten, what's the likelihood that you would, you know, recommend us and why? Okay. Now, if you if somebody gives you a low score and you ask why, and they and they tell you why they don't like you, but if you take your happy customers, and I think that's yeah. an important part of it. This question is a, is an outstanding question to ask your happy customers. Um, yeah. I I have something I call the one thing question, and it's kind of this. It, it may not give you quite the same answer, but I think because uh, what you're looking for is a way to improve based on a mm-hmm. problem. I'm looking yep. for a way to improve based on, on you know, like, uh, well, something that could make it better. In other words, it may already be fine. Okay, I haven't yeah. irritated you with it. So if I get somebody that says, uh, hey, I think you're the greatest thing, scale of 1 to 10, I give you a 10. And I would then follow up with the question, is there one thing you can think of that would make it even better? Mm-hmm. Okay, but I love your angle because you get right to the root of the problem. Love it, love it, love it. All right, so let's get rid of the grit. 
You know exactly. I mean, so let me can tell you kind of like a little bit of a nuance on that because it's I mean, it's interesting kind of what the angle is that, um, and the reason being is that uh, we will remember this sort of stuff more than we'll remember the, the sort of nice stuff, and also the, because just the way that our brain works, but also that we. The, I, did, I wrote a piece around. There's another piece in the in the book around the longest lasting emotions associated with customer experience. And what's interesting, the longest lasting ones are to do with risk, disappointment, uncertainty, loss, all those sort of things. And the, you know, annoyance or irritation can be closely associated to those things. Those things get remembered for the longest time. And so, if you remove them, what you end up doing is you just, you just create upside for yourself. And people remember that because you're taking away the thing that they're frightened of, right? right? But also you're working with customers that it's not bad enough that they're going to go somewhere else. They're, they're kind of tolerating it. But if you take away the grit, you make you take it out of their shoe, then they just kind of go, oh, you just, I love you for that. How important is it to let them know that you've removed that grit like ahead of time? Is there a way to say, hey, when you do business with us, this is how we do it, or this is what you won't experience. Is that an important thing to let the customer know? Well, I think I, I think it can be, but I think it's um, yes, it's important, and you can frame that up front. But I think it's what's also equally important. If you ask the question and they, then they tell you kind of what is annoying or what is irritating, and you make those changes, it's it's fundamentally important that you tell people what you've done with their with their input or their advice. And that's all about the trust building process. I mean, how would you feel like if somebody kept up, kept coming and asking your opinion on something and then they never told you what they did about it? Right, right. You, and, and I think you, it goes to this. If you solve that problem properly and you tell them how you did it and you told them, you know, how I did it, this is what I did, this is what happened behind the scenes, there's many times that they'll go, you know, to use your word, wow, and the confidence and trust level is higher than if the problem had never happened at all. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's just closing that feedback loop. It's been it's almost adding a very human element to the business of 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 organization and 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 uh, service and experience delivery. You know, it's it, if you ask somebody somebody's opinion or ask them a question, they probably want to know what you're going to do with the advice that you give they've given you. Right. Right. Makes sense. All right. We have time for one more. So give us the gem. Give us the one you want to leave us with that's going to make us want to go out and buy this book. Okay. So there's one thing that we don't necessarily talk about very often. So the stuff that we've talked about is some of the external stuff. So here, there's a lot of stuff that we talk about in the book, which is very to do with the internal dynamics, what it takes in terms of leading uh, structuring your organization, motivating your team, communicating with each other and the customers, et cetera, et cetera. So here's an idea, and there's a there's an insight in the book which says, and I'll quote some research on you. It said, according to the IDC, which is the International Data Corporation, they did an experience survey in 2015, and they said that about 81% and plus of firms report that they use customer satisfaction surveys to measure their, their, their experience and so on and so, so forth. But also, only, that only 70% of them don't measure their employee experience. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's a huge opportunity because if we believe that it takes people, which it certainly does, to deliver great service and great experience, then wouldn't it not make sense to design our employee experience as well? Right, right. 
I think that's so important because what's happening on the inside of the organization drives the customer experience. We talked about this totally. earlier in the show. Totally. And so I think that's the thing. It's, it's an area that's, that's, that's often overlooked, but it's an area where there are you know, there is huge opportunity uh, and a huge gap in many uh, many of the things that that, that that firms do. And we talk a little bit about that in, in the book, and I give some people some ideas and a case study on that. So it's there's it's a bit like peeling back the layers of an onion sort of thing. So when you get to the heart of it, it's, it's actually about what you do inside the business just as much as what you do outside the business as well. Outstanding. Oh, wow. We have been, I mean, I wish we had more time because I'd love to go through all 68 of these effortless ways <laughs> to make the, every customer experience amazing. The book is called How to Wow. How to Wow, 68 Effortless Ways to Make Every Customer Experience Amazing by Adrian Swinsko. You can get it this week on Amazon. Actually, if you order it today, you may have to wait a few days because it is just coming out. I know you're going to love the book. It's outstanding. Adrian, this is why we call this Amazing Business Radio. You have just given us some amazing insight and information. We thank you very, very much for, for joining us. Um. You know, Chef, you rock. Thank you. Oh, well, thanks. Adrian, one quick thing. Your website, what is it? So it's my website is Adrian Swinsko. So that's A-D-R-I-A-N-S-W-I-N-S-C-O-E.com.com. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Thanks for listening to Amazing Business Radio. My name's Chef Hyken, and as always, reminding you to be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.